Dogs. Welcome to the Doghouse. It's Riverdale, Season 3, Episode 22, Chapter 57, Survive the Night. After receiving mysterious invitations, the gang band together to confront the evils of their past once and for all. Edgar makes a chilling announcement. Well, it's a season finale. They did it. They really pulled it out of their butt. And they did it. I mean, like, there's some garbage in here. I don't want to pretend like this is the best finale ever. But I was surprised at how well they did with the callbacks. I've been complimenting them this season with calling back things from season one and season two. They've done a pretty good job of that. But they really tied it together. It's not perfect. I'm not saying there's not some messiness. But they tied together the story. And damn it, if they didn't make me want to watch season four. (laughs) I hate them for it. I wanted them to fail. A little bit. A little bit. Like 5%. Not every bit of me. But there's a part of me that went, I don't want to watch this anymore. Do I have to? And then they gave me this. And I went, damn it, I have to. Yeah. I mean, if if we had the whole series out, the series is completed, and we had just finished that episode, there's no way we would have waited to watch the next episode. Of course not. Like, we would have just kept going. Too many unanswered questions. It's true. Which is... The unanswered questions are good for a season finale because you're like, ah, fuck, now I got to come back. (laughs) That's good. It'll sustain you for for the four months we're going to be off until they come back next October. (sighs) Well, we can talk about all the flaws as we go through it. I don't get it. That was the worst amount of whiplash over two weeks I've ever had from a television show. (laughs) Here's what I never thought I'd say. Riverdale made a better finale than I believe Game of Thrones is capable of at this point. <laughs> we are in the upside down. We've is, always is... been in the darkest timeline, so <sighs> here we go. Yeah. All right, let's recap that recap. Hiram fought Archie, then he got arrested. Veronica betrayed him. Veggie's a thing again. Griffin's a gargoyles kills people. Baby Teeth had a matchbook from the Maple Club in his throat. Jason Blossom's the gargoyle king. The Black Hood's on the loose. Edgar pledges to protect the Coopers. Cheryl and Alice see dead people. The farm's harvesting organs. Betty's getting an operation, and Cheryl breaks out Tony. All right, so we start this episode at Thistle House. Tony is waking up on a couch next to Penelope, who is offering her some tea. So... Never take anything from Penelope, ever. In what world do you go to Penelope Blossom for help? She didn't go there for help. Penelope just happened to be there. Mm. This is this is Cheryl's house at this point. This but is Tony would, Why is Tony trusting her? That's where Tony lives. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So she's like waking up or some sort, and she tells Mrs. Blossom what's going on at the farm about the organs, what everyone's who's there. And Penelope's like, okay, thanks for the information. And Tony passes out because clearly she's been poisoned by Penelope. And if you didn't figure out by this point that, uh uh-oh, Penelope's a bad lady, you (laughs) haven't been paying attention. (laughs) We cut to the sheriff's office. Jughead is talking through things with FP. He just says, I refuse to accept what Ethel said. I cannot believe that Jason Blossom is the Gargoyle King, even if his coffin is empty. Like, this is just dumb. And FP's like, okay, so let's say Ethel's crazy. Where's Jason's body? And who's wearing the Gargoyle King's antlers? So Blossom or no, we got to figure this out. And Jughead says, you know, I cannot get past the matchbook that was found in Baby T's throat. And Kurtz had to have gotten that at the Maple Club. So what do, what do we need to do? There's something there. And Jughead asks for a copy of Kurtz's mugshot. 
All of this is leading back to that Franken episode theory. Honestly, that could have been the best thing that happened to them. Because I think by whatever their original plan was being completely taken away, they had to take look at all the pieces on the table and say, how do we make this work? And that forced them to connect dots to say, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to connect all these dots so we can move forward. And they should have been doing that as a series this whole fucking time. We see Edgar about to open up Betty's skull. She's got a little dotted line on her forehead. So I guess they're going to take her brain at her eyes. We located the point of her pain. I guess so. Evelyn comes in right as he's about to start because dad, sorry to interrupt, you have a visitor and she says it can't wait. We cut to Edgar's office and Mrs. Blossom is there. She knows what's up, but she's not here to expose him. I know you sell organs. I'm looking to buy in bulk. Creepy. Yes. Also, this totally meets back up with the foreshadowing of her only taking one of those twins. Oh, yeah. Sure. It all seemed suspect when we watched it. Now that I look back, I go, oh, yeah. You just wanted a new Jason. Oh, totally. We go to the Maple Club and we see the same woman we've spoken to before. Her name's Laura. Jughead asking her, okay, have you ever seen him? Yes, but he only dealt with Penelope. Okay, great. Now, okay, Penelope's behind all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. And Jughead's like, did you ever see her with a young man, a young redhead? And Laura says, oh, you mean her kid, Jason? Yeah, he came around. And this just confirmed all the suspicions. We know it's Chick. It has to be Chick. That's the only thing that makes sense. Now we go back to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. We're in the hallways and people, there's a little bit of mayhem. And Edgar's telling Evelyn, we've had too many breaches. It's time. Alice is all concerned. She's like, why why is everyone so skittish? The outside world is encroaching upon us, Sister Alice. We've had both defectors and unwelcome visitors. And so apparently it's ascension time. It's going to happen tonight. And preparations are being made. Alice says, I got to find Betty. Evelyn says, um, she escaped with Tony Topaz. (laughs) Nice lie. Yep. Edgar says, she was never a believer like you, Alice. So we will ascend without her. So they leave and we zoom in and we watch Cheryl's in her room listening to all of this happening. On the rewatch, though, I was watching Alice's face a lot. Yes. And what you catch there is one, why she immediately interjects with, I need to find Betty. Yeah. And number two, as soon as they walk away, you see Alice go from, oh, we're going to ascend to, what the fuck? Okay, I have to go figure some stuff out now, which is great because I did not see it the first time. I didn't either, but now knowing the reveal, knowing it, you can I was see it watching now. her going, oh, yeah. That's big, big props to Machen Amick, who mm. has always been one of the shining stars of this show. We head over to the Pembroke, and Hermione and Veronica are going over some stuff with their attorney. Mr. Lodge has been arrested, so now... They own the Pembroke, as well as a couple other investment properties, including the chocolate shop and the speakeasy beneath it. Veronica says, okay, great. There's one more property I'm curious about. Cut directly to Archie getting off the phone. He says, hey, that was Veronica. She's giving me the El Royale. I own the gym. Legit. Free and clear. Mary has to stir the pot a little bit. It's a generous gift, Archie, but I'm still interested in where you two stand romantically. Ew, she twirls her hair. It's like, what? No, no mom does that. They have totally been playing up her child star stuff. The teenager thing with her. She's been dressed in mostly pink. She's been doing a lot of like, let's talk about relationship stuff. 
it's just a little like, really, we don't need this. No, Molly Ringwald's a perfectly good mom. Just let her be mom. Just let her be mom. She doesn't have to do this so much. Like the last time was great. We didn't need this. Once is fine. This with the hair twirl. I'm like, are you like his girlfriend? What is this? They hear a knock on the door and Archie goes out there and he finds a black box with Archibald Andrews on it. And again, the only person who's ever called him Archibald is Penelope Blossom. Oh, yeah. We cut to Pops and we've got the core four. Well, (laughs) the core four minus one because where's Betty? (laughs) They all talk about they all got the same invitation. We know they're not fakes, but we can't get a hold of Betty. She's not answering. Invitations say not to tell anyone and not to bring her phones. So it's a trap. Duh. We don't really have a choice about this. Yeah. Chuckhead knows. <laughs> well, yeah, like, we, we're all we in know horrible this is, danger. Yeah, but... we, we're not getting out of this one. Betty wakes up in a bedroom that is clearly not the hospital or Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And she sees a big pink dress hang on the door, the mirror that says, you know, put this on and go downstairs. So she does so. And she walks downstairs and we see the rest of the group. They're all dressed up as well. And they're sitting at a table and she's like, guys, (laughs) Penelope's at the head of the table. Come join us. This is the Blossom Hunting Lodge on the grounds of Thornhill. Okay, so this is probably where we were season one with Archie. When they had the maple tapping, I'm pretty sure that's where this was. This is also where it looks like the final dinner with mom and dad before before Clifford hung himself and then they set fire to it. It's the hunting lodge, a.k.a. the murder field. The murder, the murder house. (laughs) Yeah, so I feel like we were probably here before. I love Penelope just looking at Betty going, oh, pretty. Betty asks, how did I get here? I bought you from Mr. Evernever, just as he was about to cut you into butcher's parts. Now, Agatha here will show you to your place. And all of a sudden, Sister Woodhouse is standing next to Betty with a gun pointed at her. Cut in, Justin McElroy. Jump scare. Jump scare. Damn, bitch ain't dead. You naughty, naughty girl. Agatha was one of my mentors. She cared for me when I was an orphan at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Taught me everything I know about poisons. And so then we get a cut flashback to all of the murdered nuns with the blue stuff coming out of the mouth. You did that. Oh, loose end. Such a bother, aren't they? Do we wonder, is Woodhouse really the only bad nun? Like, were they all the other ones probably just normal nuns? Maybe. Or maybe she just had them all on crazy amounts of drugs and believing in the... It's very possible. The Gargoyle King. So the kids are like, um, are we loose ends? Oh, gosh, no, not you. You are featured players, the sons and daughters of the original Midnight Club. And Betty's like, Jug, what's happening? (laughs) Jug, it's like, I almost figured this out. Oh, have you? Because if anybody could, it would be you, Mr. Jones. But first, two more guests. I believe you know them already. So the Black Hood and the Gargoyle King walk in. What if I told you no masks at the dinner table? (laughs) That's cute psychopathy as fun bit time i'm into it i I can accept this (laughs) so hal removes his hood and so i like that we officially like there's no more ambiguity he is the black hood we've seen it thank god no i i appreciate that wait king before you do hellcaster care to take a stab sure arthur conan doyle famously said once you eliminate the impossible whatever remains however improbable must be the truth I do love that Jughead is basically talking through his high school thesis at this moment. Yeah, but remember, we didn't get any narration up top. We don't get it at the end. 
So they've removed that from from that's where we would normally get that stuff. Maybe. Maybe. No, it does tie back into his novel a little bit. It that's the type of line he would give us up at the top. That's fair. It just sounded a little hokey in the moment. No, totally. But again, I like to think that the narration is being used to explain him looking back or explaining what's just recently happened. And so when we have these gaps where he's not narrating, it's because he's not writing. He continues on, okay, in this case, whoever is underneath the mask must have had a connection to Hal and to you, Penelope, but it's not Jason because he's dead, even though his corpse is missing. And when he says that, Penelope is shocked. Mm-hmm. She did not know about this. So she has nothing to do with that. Like it? Cool. We've explained that weird thing. Not possible. So the one corpse that hasn't been accounted for and who was last seen by the Black Hood, Betty and Jughead say this at the same time, check. The Gargoyle King takes off his mask and it's Chick with slightly longer hair that has been dyed red. To which Archie goes, what the hell? Archie's so adorable he's, this entire episode. These last few episodes, he's just, they've had him saying the thing that would first come to his mind. Like, yeah, Ronnie, your dad sucks. Archie just doesn't give a fuck anymore. And he does it again later in the scene. And it's just so perfect and very like... Just sweet, cute Archie. I uh-huh. love it. It's so cute. Even Veronica goes, since when does Chick have red hair? <laughs> Jughead continues to explain everything to us. I'm guessing since he started working with Penelope, doing her bidding, she called him Jason. That's why Ethel said the Gargoyle King was Jason. You dressed him up like Jason. You didn't murder Chick. And so we get a flashback to the Black Hood chasing Chick. After you chased him through the woods, you, I recognized a kinship in him and I spared him. Gross. This is such ex post facto bullshit they're doing but true but i do they're using a lot of flashback here they explain that okay so the black hood's mission had become penelope's mission and penelope you know this happened because they were having their affair we get a flashback to that penelope's taking revenge on the town that allowed her to be sold as a child bride to the blossoms you know she's like your parents knew and they did nothing but mock me and when my when jason was murdered in cold blood do you think any one of them reached out to me? No, they were too busy ignoring the rotting, fetid truth that Riverdale is a hideous and cruel place. Or the fact that you were an evil monster woman. Fair. Just saying, like... Yeah. I don't recall any of them being that, you know, pointedly annoyed at you for revealing you were a child bride. They were all actually really horrified by that story and they all seemed pretty like that's not cool and like hey sisters of quiet mercy is a horrible place still i wonder if the problem might be you you you're the problem because you're evil anyway so the joke is like yeah you you continued this work but not as the black hood when hal went to prison so instead you brought back the gargoyle king you introduced it 25 years ago and then you had chick do it this year his name is jason uh, who gave it to Ben Button. We see the flashback to Ben Button walking down the Cooper stairs, who started playing with Dilton Doily. We see the flashback to that. And Ethel Muggs, we see Ethel playing. And then G&G spread like a virus or a poison. This is such a perfect payoff that I didn't really think I had coming. We've never seen them pay off something like this before. Yeah. So again, it really feels like they were forced to look at all of the pieces they had on the table. And figure out how do we move forward and make this all work. Yeah. And honestly, if you are working in the horror or mystery genre, that's what you should be doing constantly. So Jughead, you know, makes the the final proclamation. The true mastermind behind it all, the true king is you, Penelope. 
which kind of makes me giant eye roll, but whatever. And Penelope's like, well done, well done. But now it's time to play one final round with you, the Midnight Children. Let's say it's to reveal your true nature, to prove that you are as dark-hearted as the town that birthed you. And Archie's like, and if we win, we escape. (laughs) You won't win. So what happens if we lose? Well, your parents will feel the pain that I felt, the death of a child. Could there be anything more dreadful? To which Archie just looks at her and goes, you're nuts. Thank you, Archie. You're adorable. I love him so much now. He's, He's so precious. So the bells start tolling. Okay, it's time to go outside and do this thing. We're outside. Outside instruction time. Outside instruction time. Okay, the task before you is simple. Make it through the woods. Survive the night. You will be tested, each of you. Refuse my test or try to escape, and my gargoyle minion will kill you. And so we see a line of the gargoyle minions, and we've got the gargoyle king and the black hood standing right next to her. It's like, may the final quest begin. I'd start running if I were you. And so they start running. Riverdale. If they had done this sooner, we wouldn't have felt as gross about Penelope as we would have for a long time. You know, we need we didn't need to have all of the town seizure stuff because that's when Penelope got really gross and creepy and not in a way that pointed to her being a bad guy. Like we already knew she was a bad guy. So we come back and we're outside and the core four is, you know, talking. Okay, the good news is if Penelope wanted us dead, we would be. She wants us alive at least long enough to complete her bizarre social experiment. Yeah, or die trying. I love it. I love how, like, they're already all defeated and like, this is the stupidest thing ever. They're all eye-rolly, angsty teenagers. Well, and again, that was one of our favorite things of the last episode was that Betty and Jughead were consistently commenting on the ridiculousness that was their situation. So here we are again. And it's like, okay... Then they see uh, an arrow on a plaque on a tree telling them which way to go. So they go. We cut to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and Kevin Fangs are like in, I guess, the gargoyle chamber. It's a room with a bunch of candles and Cheryl walks in. Kevin Fangs, save those eyes for the bedroom, boys. We're getting out of this house of the devil. And they're both just very like, aren't you supposed to be confined to your room for helping Tony escape? Yeah. And suddenly you're sounding a lot like Betty. Betty knew the score. Edgar Evernever is harvesting organs. She's like, let me show you exactly where they are. So she takes them to the freezer. They open it and it's empty. And the boys just kind of mock her. Are you still seeing organs, Cheryl? Cheryl's like, okay, he must have moved them or Evelyn did. Cheryl, we're getting ready to ascend and you should too. And Cheryl's like, but what if I can get irrefutable proof that he's, he's a modern day Dr. Frankenstein? Sure, sure. And Kevin is so condescending. So I horrible. It. I hate it. I hate it. They're ruining Kevin. They've ruined Ru- Kevin. They're about to ruin Fangs, I'm for sure. Well, he's gone forever, never to be seen again. Yeah. Leaving Kevin there that. broken and horrible. This is not cool. Why are you doing this to our favorite neighborhood gay? Why? It's a great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go off and Cheryl starts walking through the hall. She's trying to find one of the nurses who is helping with one of the procedures, but she can't. So she finds the vision room, quote unquote. That's what I'm calling it. The room where you talk to your dead people. And she goes in and she sees someone down at the end in a chair slumped over. And you're like, okay. She's like, who's there? Reveal thyself. I'm in no mood. I said, who are you? And she walks in closer and she just starts screaming. I will give Madeline Pench 
all the credit in the world, that girl can scream very well. Yep. That is very hard to do, to scream like that to a camera. Mm -hmm. To a fucking camera. Because that's what's happening. That is very hard. She's a good actress. I am giving her credit for that. She can't lip sync to save a damn, but she can do that. We got back to the woods and it's Archie's time. He's got to fight a bear. That we have to talk about. He sees the card. Defeat the grizzled beast. beast. What? What's a grizzled? Oh, oh crap. crap! Not again. <laughs> that was the best moment of the entire episode for me. It, it was gloriously dumb and silly. It was dumb, silly, and commenting on how ridiculous this all is. And, and even the next thing, Veronica's trying to get him. So it's like, no, that guy is eight feet tall and Jack because there's a big dude dressed like a bear. That's, <laughs> yeah. And Archie's like, it's just a fight. I've been fighting all year. Don't forget, I survived a real bear attack. Remember? Oh. Even even Archie's like, this is ridiculous. Fuck off. It's such a good meta bit to it's play. It's perfect. And then I did love this too. If I don't make it, tell my mom and dad I love them. And you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. I love how they're the afterthought. The friends are the afterthought. I love it. It's <laughs> great. So it's punchy, 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 punchy. Archie wins. Hooray. He knocks him over the head with a bone. Yeah. Because there's giant bones in the middle of the yard. Punchy, punchy. Archie wins. Hooray. That's, that's what I wrote about the fight. We have a little commercial break and we come back. Archie, are you okay? And he's, yeah, he's like, apart from every inch of my body. <laughs> it's kind of fair. All right, we got to keep going. Penelope has already left us more clues and there's another arrow plaque. Mm-hmm. Right. We're in Edgar's office and what troubles you, Sister Alice? I can't get in touch with Betty and I'm hearing rumors, whispers about harvesting. So like... Now, upon second watch, this is, oh, this is an investigative Alice, yeah. which I like. I like seeing that because we, this is what we see in Betty. Well, I'm going to have to go back and watch the whole segments of Alice again to be like, can I see her doing this this whole time? Uh, Riverdale season three drops on Netflix on May 23rd. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of we it. We are. And I'm really annoyed, but also interested this we can the skip the parts we don't care about but oh. mainly i need to see the whole farm segment just to see alice's evolution through that i'm gonna watch that heather's musical episode like four times oh hell yes oh do you hear that everyone david said he's gonna watch the musical episode again we're just gonna skip the penultimate episode we're of the season so we never have to deal and, with that and again. the bear episode i don't want to watch the bear episode again <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't need that in my life no it was fucking funny though <sighs> edgar because i see may i address your concerns and edgar is like sweating bullets he's, a little he's starting to get a little twitchy yeah a little twitchy unfortunately there's not much i can say about betty or where she is about the rumors i admit i have not been entirely truthful about the activities at the farm and cheryl rushes in what kind of monster are you cheryl i'm in a meeting please respect sister alice why would you do such a thing to my own brother you had a void it was my job to diagnose how to fill it by grave robbing and alice in this moment drops every pretense and goes wait, wait what, what? <laughs> uh, i was like Oh, there's the real Alice. There it is. There she is. There it is. Because they never showed us dead Jason before. We didn't no. see his face. We just saw someone slumped over. We didn't know. We just hear her screaming. So now we know 
That's what's going on. Gross, creepy. So the dudes in white come in with Kevin and Fangs to get Cheryl, confine Miss Blossom to her room. And she starts yelling, you won't get away with this. Tony will come for me. Kevin's father is a lawman. And so they go off. I love that, a lawman. And Edgar just looks at Evelyn. Sister Alice, will you help me gather our flock in the chamber so that we may ascend with all haste? And Evelyn looks a little concerned. Edgar's wide-eyed going, fuck, holy fuck, we're about to get found out. (laughs) We go back to the woods and we're at a clearing with a stump with six chalices and a bottle in the middle. All right, the fate and fortune challenge. And okay, the enchantress must choose her closest companion. They will each take turns spinning the bottle and drinking from the chosen chalice. But beware, for one of the chalices contains a lethal rapid acting venom, which the second I saw this the first time, I thought, oh, this is a callback to season one, episode one, spin the bottle. And then... Right as I was having that thought, they actually used that that flashback scene. I loved it. it made oh, me yeah. super happy. Also, they're wearing some of the same colors. Oh, pink. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's pink and black, but still, they did it. So it makes me happy. Seriously, spin the bottle? More like Russian roulette. Veronica says, I refuse. Refusal to participate in the challenge results in the immediate execution of all remaining party members. Remember, we're watching. So Betty volunteers as tribute. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have faith. And what's the alternative? We get shot in the woods by snipers. Nice. So they go to the stump. And Veronica says, I'm having a diabolical sense of deja vu. Yep. Flashback. Perfect. So drinky, drinky, drinky. They get down to the last two. Veronica drinks her last one. We get down to the last glass. It's Betty turns. Veronica grabs it, takes it. Veronica, why did you do that? Because I love you, B. You're my best friend. And I love you too, V. Remarkable enchantress, you've completed your challenge and proven your loyalty. What? To which Jughead, of course, it's a character challenge. The game was testing if you had honor and loyalty. None of the chalices were poisoned, were they? On the contrary, all the chalices were poisoned. It's slow acting, but the only way to obtain the antidote is to finish the game. And even then, you might not make it. Tick tock. <laughs> Bitch. I will say. I didn't see it the first time around. I was really more invested in the story. Mm-hmm. I was really watching the actors, Camilla and Lily, play that scene very well, so perfectly. Mm-hmm. There were lots of people just like gushing over Lily's acting in the episode, mm-hmm. and it was really true. It was like this could have been off the rails ridiculous, but y'all played it real, and that's what made it work. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, well, the writing was there. The writing was there. And you don't need like the absolute best writing for the show because we're not expecting that from Riverdale. There is, there's, it's campy and that's okay. But let the people in show comment on the level of camp there is from time to time. And that's what has brought it to a much better level with these last few. These last few with the things from Archie, with Betty and Jughead in the last one, and even this episode. Since when does Chick have red hair? Like, it's just like, this is ridiculous. We get it. Because it's you've, okay. got, you've got good enough actors who can make that work. Yes. They, they just can. They do. They all start moving along and Archie stops Veronica and he says, I need to say something. I don't know what's going on with you and Reggie. He's my friend, but I love you, Veronica. I don't think I ever stopped loving you. Veronica says, you know, Archie, the night of the fight, nothing happened with Reggie after you showed up at the Pembroke. My heart ached for you because I felt the same way. I love you, Archie Kins for whatever good that does now. And this is the first time 
the first time in three seasons that they have actually done romantic and sexy with Varchie. Mm-hmm. And it played so well. Archie says, I'm not letting you die tonight. Okay, none of us die tonight. I swear. Do you believe me? And they kiss. And this is the first time I've believed them. We're seeing all of the emotional connection between them. It's good. It's It's, really good. It's great. And it's beautiful. It's shot really well. We get a wide shot of them under the creepy justice tree. It's beautiful. We cut to Cheryl in her room at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. We hear a buzzing and Alice comes in holding Juniper. Cheryl's like, I'm warning you. Shh. What are you going to do to me? Nothing. I'm here to help you escape. Come with me. Why would I trust you? You're as brainwashed as Patty Hearst. Pure Alice here. What choice do you have? (laughs) So they take off. They're going down the same tunnel that leads to Fox Forest. Cheryl says, hey, I thought that was bricked up. And Alice explains, yes, but Edgar had it reopened. So I love that they fixed that problem. That's convenient. That's convenient, but it's an important plot point. Yeah. Because everybody would have called bullshit on that. So they get to it. Here, take Juniper, reunite her with Dagwood. And Cheryl's like, what? You're not coming? I have to stay for Polly. But please, Cheryl, swear to me you'll find Betty. Make sure she's safe from the farm, from her father. Please. And it's like, oh, shit. Alice isn't cracked. Mm -mm. Alice is okay. Yeah. She's there for Polly. That's what this is all about. She's trying to save her daughter. Like, it may have started as, I'm just going to investigate, see what this is about, see if it's good for me. And like, oh, shit, something else is going on. They've brainwashed my daughter. I got to get her out. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love it. Cheryl makes a promise. Cheryl says, I promise. Alice says, okay, don't stop running until you get to town. And so Cheryl goes. We cut to Thistlewood and Nana Rose is poking at Tony. Wake up, child. Nana, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Love it. It's great. I love how annoyed Tony is. I want an entire series of just them. They are hilarious. Can I get like a side five minute webisode every week of Nana Rose and and Tony? She handed me an envelope. I believe she called it rent. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It is. It is pretty great. There's no time, Antoinette. The hunt is afoot. Hunt? What hunt? At the Thornhill Nature Preserve. Your school chums are the prey. You must save them. (laughs) Look, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but first I need to save Cheryl. We cut to the forest again, and it's time for Jughead. The Battle of Kings. Only one shall leave the kingdom of Eldervere. And Chick steps out without wearing a shirt. So, we know how this has to end. And his hair is blonde again. Nah, it's... No, it is. It is. It's not red. There's a little red in there, but I don't think it's, it got it's, in there very good. It's the remnants of having washed it out. Okay. That's what that is. So there's an axe in a stump in the middle of the ring. They're going to fight. Jack is like, why are you doing this? And Chick's like, who doesn't want to be king? And who doesn't want blood sacrifices made in their name? Okay, wow. All right. Fighty fight. Fight, fight. Jughead beats him the same way Archie beat the bear, basically. They get up and they start going. And Veronica starts being a little faint. And Archie just says, it's the poison. We got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. They're walking through the woods, and I'm just like, wait, I don't get it. <laughs> Chick, got, he doesn't. Chick got red hair because of Penelope's pretending he's Jason Blossom. Can we explore the craziness that is Oedipus Riverdale after we get the antidote and out of these damn woods? Nice. Love it. Nice, Veronica. And so, like, they, like, maybe we should try to figure it out, and... They're postulating on the violence of Riverdale. Yeah, and like, we you know, the Gargoyle King existed before Jason was killed, and... 
it's a case of the serpent eating his own tail. It's a vicious cycle of never ending madness that turns back on itself over and over again until someone breaks the chain. Hmm. 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 All right. So we cut to Cheryl running down a bridge up to Thistlewood. She sees Tony and uh, we see the pretty poisons. They're getting set up with their bows and arrows and Tony, baby, we were just coming to save you from the farm. How did you get out? An angel in disguise. Where's Betty? She's being hunted at Thornhill with all the others. Your mother's been preparing this for weeks, if not months. It's the grand hunt. We have to go there. And like, we have to save them. And Tony starts yelling, poison, serpents, let's ride. And we see them all ride out. And I fucking love. We have the poisons and the serpents working together. And who's leading them? Tony. She's the only one who could pull that off. And I love it. We'll get back to the woods. Looks like it's my turn. And, you know, okay, I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> okay. And we see Hal step out. You know how this has to end. You have to kill me, Betty. Because Betty has opened a box with a gun, and it says, one bullet. You either kill me and get the antidote, or I kill you and all your friends. You have till the count of three. And, you know, we've seen Betty at the firing range, so we know she's a good shot. One, two. <laughs> Betty shoots him in the hand. When we first saw it, I thought she shot him in the gut. But no, she shoots him in the hand, so he drops the gun. Two or three of his fingers are missing. And everyone's kind of shocked, but also like, shit. Except for Archie, who has been sneaking around the side. He walked over to the side. Penelope comes out, enough. Good God, Hal. You can't be trusted to do anything. You were a terrible serial killer, and you still are today. Useless. Shoots him in the head. Thank you, Penelope. Everyone freaks out. Except for me, I'm applauding. Yeah, no. <laughs> because she's no, I right. Loved it. I loved how quick that was. Now, they don't show him getting shot in the head, but we know that's what happened. That's fine. I consider that a dying on screen. I just love the fact that she's like, oh my God, really, How You fucked it up again? Bye. That's <laughs> fair. I think that's fair. When your henchmen don't come through, you got to get rid of them. And so Penelope's like, what do you think you're doing? Claiming our prize, we won, didn't we? We survived the night. We proved that we're better than this town. That may or may not be true. Kill them. Kill them all. So they start running. They grab the antidote. Run, 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 run. Oh, here come the poisons and the serpents. They start shooting arrows and going after the gargoyles. The Corfor hide in the van. They take the antidote. Cheryl, why aren't you at the farm? Where's my mom? She sprung me from the Jonestown-like nightmare and told me to find you. Edgar was planning to ascend tonight. Oh my God, we have to save her. Come aboard, cousin. So they jump in the back of the van and they head off. I also love that after the poisons and the serpents are chasing down the remaining gargoyles, Cheryl's just standing there and looks at him and goes, all clear. (laughs) (laughs) So they cut to the gargoyle chamber and we see Kevin crying in a room with candles and white clothing set around him all white clothes and shoes Mm -hmm. it's heaven's gate they left me i wanted to go but they said someone had to stay behind to explain what happened what did happen the word the ascended of course who did where's my mom and polly gone everyone is and we'll never see them again y'all ruined kevin yeah this is gonna fuck him up so much so fucking much. You have to deprogram Kevin now. And the thing that makes the least amount of sense is that Kevin's dad would allow him to be spending this much time at this type of place. No, they fucked up Kevin Keller completely. Mm-hmm. It might as well be a killer gaze trip here mm-hmm. with him. It's just immensely frustrating. 
So now we actually do get some Jughead narration. I forgot about this. So we see everyone kind of working together to like repaint pops and everything get kind of cleaned up. The Gargoyle King, the Red Dahlia, the Black Hood. Chick was in jail. Hal Cooper was dead. Finally, only Penelope Blossom managed to slip away into the night. Riverdale belonged to us again. A future was ours to write. But what would our stories be? And we see Cheryl walking down the hall of Thistlewood with a giant candelabra. And she sits down and she says, welcome home, JJ. She has Jason's dead body sitting in her house. Mm-hmm. That girl gone be cracked. We cut to the Pembroke and Hermione's on the phone. She's like, you're sure? How could you have hid this from me? And Veronica comes in. She goes, hid what? I got to go. Veronica, that was our attorney. What's daddy hiding? Door brushed open. FBI hands up. Agent Ardelia, what the hell are you doing here? Hermione Lodge, you're under arrest for conspiracy to commit murder. Your own husband. So they start arresting Hermione. And Hermione tells Veronica, listen to me. It's going to be fine. Call Sourberry. Talk to him. I love you, Mika. I love you too, mom. So then we cut to Lodge Prison and Hiram is out there, you know, pumping iron. Mr. Lodge, it's done. As requested, your wife's been arrested and the necessary evidence has been planted. Perfect. Thank you. Ah, oh, Veronica, you don't even know what's coming, Miha. <laughs> I get very Daredevil Kingpin vibes from him in this, and I'm kind of okay with it if this is where we had started with him. I mean, it's whatever. I don't care. I mean, it's just so played out. I love it. I think it's fun. We cut to Archie and Mad Dog boxing, sparring at the gym, and like, all right, let's take a break. You know, I've been thinking about making some changes to this place, Mad Dog. Maybe make it more like more than just a gym, like a halfway house or a community center, a place where the kids in the neighborhood can come so they stay off the streets. And I want you to help me run it. Mad Dog's like, really? It's like, yeah, we can actually have a shot at turning this town around and give people hope again. And Mad Dog's just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Which is like, this is cheesy, but this is Archie. That's that's what Archie would do. So I'm I'm okay with it. And so we cut over to the Jones house and there's a knock on the door and you open it and like, can I help you? Mr. Jones, I'm Agent Smith with the FBI. Is Betty Cooper here by any chance? So we sit down and she's like, is this about the lodges? No, it's about your mother. My team's been investigating Edgar Evernever for quite some time now. We almost had him two towns ago. Okay, well, what are you waiting for? He and his cooks took over the Sisters of Quiet Mercy months ago. We had someone on the inside, someone tasked with getting close to Edgar, gathering intel. We were waiting on her word. You mean your mother. She's working with us. <laughs> my, my mother is an FBI informant. My, my, my mother. <laughs> yeah. She's been helping us build a case against Edgar Evernever and his farmies. They're organ harvesting all of it. And they're both just staring at him slack jawed. Yeah. It's vital that we find your mother ASAP, which is why my team and I are going to be setting up shop here in Riverdale until we can safely locate and extract her. I mean, is there anything we can do to help? I thought you might ask. So you're quite the detectives around these parts. And Betty just kind of like does this double take. I'm I'm sorry. This is going to seem weird. Do, do I know you? Agent Smith goes, as a matter of fact, yes. It's no coincidence that your mother and I found each other. You see, I'm Charles, your brother. Betty's reaction is priceless because her first thing is, uh, uh. what? And Jughead goes, you you can't be. Wait, if you're Charles, you and I are also brothers, Jughead. That's right. I love I love Lily doing the deep throated. This is a fucking terrible joke. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, like I can't I can't deal with this shit. But like, no, this is real. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It was time for us to meet the real Charles, and I yes. like that. I haven't dived too much into it, 
But Charles is chick in the comic books. He's he's the same dude. And then I I read somewhere someone saying Charles did actually work for the FBI somewhere in the comic books. I haven't been able to find it myself yet. I'm going to continue looking before we do a wrap up episode. But I do believe that this is canon. So I'm into it. I love it. It's great. It's interesting. It's going to create a little bit of drama between Betty and Jughead, which we desperately need. It also is nice to have Charles not be an evil figure. And also it brings back that whole thing when Alice says, yes, I I see my son. Mm -hmm. It's so much sweeter and you understand it better because she has found her son, but it's not the creepy weird thing. And Mm -hmm. so that's that's nice. That's that makes my mommy heart happy. Also means we have to rewatch season three. Yes, we do. Damn it. All right. So we cut to Pops and it's the core for it. Wait, back up. Your brother's alive and he's an <laughs> FBI agent? It's our half brother and it's pretty crazy, right? And my mom is an informant working with the FBI. Undercover at the farm. They're all like, what? And Veronica goes, actually, that kind of tracks. <laughs> I love it. And we're all sitting there going, now we have to go figure this out. Veronica lets them know that her mom is trying to cut a deal with the DA, but Smithers is her legal guardian right now. Adorable. Cute. And Archie wants to make another vow. Let's be done with death cults and murder mysteries and gremlins. Gargoyles. Our senior year could be the last time we're all together in the same place, and I don't want to let anything ruin that. I'm in. So am I. Me too. And Jughead goes, well, it sounds a little dull, but sure. (laughs) Let's toast to the future. They're all sipping on milkshakes. Everything's fine. We're going to wrap up the season on and a good note. And we cut to spring break, senior year. We see Veronica, Betty, and Archie standing around a fire in the woods. In their underwear. And underwear swimsuits. They're completely in shock. And there's blood all over them. Uh-huh. Archie. Archie, are you listening to me? He's Betty's talking. The distance. Yeah. We have to burn all our clothes, including Jughead's beanie. We'll wash off the blood in the swimming hole. After tonight, we never speak of this ever. Not to each other, not to our parents, no one. We finish our senior year and graduate. We go our separate ways. That is the only way we don't get caught. Do it. And Archie throws the beanie in the fire. And then we cut back to Pops. Friends forever. Milkshakes. Cheers. What the fuck? This led to the entire internet being worried that they killed Jughead. Oh, yeah. Which is also hilarious because Cole Sprouse has talked about, well, yeah, I wanted to be the narrator because uh, you can't kill the narrator. (laughs) Or can you? Okay, I don't think Jughead's dead. I think Jughead's probably killed somebody and they're going to cover it up for him. But the thing that is definitely happening is this is the circle continuing. Oh, my God. Yes. Because that's the exact, exact line sa- that they said when the Midnight Club. I don't I don't think it's the exact same line, but it was the same thing. We never talk about this again. We all go our we separate ways. We go our ways. separate ways. It was the same idea, same concept. Yeah. It's like y'all are just continuing the circle. So I love that. I love that. It's great. It's perfect. Fuck, we're coming back for season four. We just can't not. We're <sighs> we're in. We're just pot committed. They fixed it. God damn. Okay, so if these last three episodes, given the garbage that was last episode, the episode before it was pretty good. So the last three episodes have been pretty great when you put them all next to each other. Mm-mm. I'm just going to go with it. It has been a roller coaster of emotion leading been. to a somehow unpredictably satisfying conclusion. I don't know. But I think if that's the template 
for how they're going to build stuff for season four, then I'm going to, we're in for a, a good season. Oh I hope God. so. I hope so. If they latch onto this and make it work, then yeah, it can be great. Mm-hmm. I'm very much for it. They've got to address the Fred Andrews issue at some point. Yeah. It's not going to be it's, I, anytime soon. I'm totally fine and completely respect that we're not going to deal with it this season. We need to figure out what we want to do about it. We will probably hear rumblings of it in the next couple of months as they start hardcore filming stuff for the new season. Well, they go back to filming in July. Yeah. And then there's Comic-Con. So I would expect an announcement as to whether or not they're going to kill off the Fred Andrews character. We will be covering KJ Appa's movie, The Last Summer, for our Patreon. And we will also be covering Charles Melton's movie, The Sun is Also a Star, at some point for Patreon. Those are going to happen throughout the summer. We've got a couple other shows we need to finish out. We're still working on Sabrina Part 2, which is already releasing on our Patreon as well. So we're not going to be completely gone. We're just going to be hanging out over on Patreon for a little bit. If you want access to those, you can go to patreon.com slash Macintosh and mod. $2 and up level gets you access to all of our exclusive content. Next week. Next week, we're going to do a wrap up cast. We're going to talk about the things we liked about the season. Maybe I'll come up with some more crazy predictions. I'll go back and re-listen to the predictions I made at the beginning of the season to see how many I got right. And And we think we've got a pretty fun guest for you. We're going to wait and tell you who that is. But I think you're going to like it. I think it's going to be fun. All right. Until next time. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.